and I did the thing and he looked up and made this face of disgust. One of the biggest things is no one else is you. That's horrifying. I mean, can you imagine? Oh, I don't have to imagine. I lived it. Hi, I'm Helen Shepherd, and this is The Hollywood Reveal. I'm a British TV host, actor and comedian living in LA. And on this podcast, I interview my guests about their lives and careers here in Hollywood. And because it's all about that big Hollywood reveal, of course, they spill a whole load of juicy gossip. Expect industry stories and insights, plus a whole lot of inspiration too. Welcome back to The Hollywood Reveal. And today I have yet another incredible guest. Okay, so... I have like the most multi-talented guest today. <laughs> he is a singer, dancer, actor, musician, improviser, director, producer, and host, because I met him on a hosting job. It is Tez Yancey. Hey, what's up, Helen? <laughs> Did I say Yancey You correctly? nailed it. I don't okay. know if it's your accent, uh, <laughs> but I feel like that's how I want to uh, be known now is okay. Tez Yancey. Tez Sometimes Yancey. I say Yancey just to sound oh. like Tez Yancey, like Beyonce. Why not? Fancy Yancey. Fan that fancy Yancey <laughs> pants. Yes, I've gotten that growing up a lot. <laughs> um, we actually met hosting um, for a cannabis company, yes. for some kind of industrial <laughs> internal training video. <laughs> That's right. We were actually talking about it before we uh, did the podcast, before we came on, and trying to remember exactly when it was, because, you know, time is, what is time now after uh, 2020? Yeah. <laughs> Pre-2020, I understand, I, under, I thought I understood how time worked. Post 2020 and like what is time? Yeah, you know. So I don't remember if it was 2020. I think it was. I think we figured I was the end of 2020. End of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Who knows? What year is it now? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and the funny thing about doing those jobs is because they're internal training video things, you never get to see them. So right. I have no idea. You just have no right. idea where that footage goes. There's just like weird. Tra <laughs> There's so many weird training videos That's being right. out they there. They told in the world. us. It was a cannabis training video. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, maybe we'll be over somewhere in Guatemala or something and look up and see our faces. I on know. The screen. I actually did um, an industrial job for like a software thing, and a friend in Germany sent me the video, me wow. dubbed, <laughs> teaching about the software. So, ah. yeah, the weird wow. things that we do yes. here. Here in Hollywood. So yeah. that is how we met. Um, I can't wait to hear more about your career. But before we start, can we jump straight in with a Hollywood reveal story? Yes. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I have um, I have several because you told me yes. what we're going to be doing. The but, more the merrier. But just because you just said um, dubbed in Germany, <laughs> I thought of another one. So uh, <laughs> so I did a movie years ago. Um, it, it One of those movies, it, you know, it, was a, it was a role I got. It was a good role. I played a, a security guard, and um, but it was like, I, you know, I was about to work, so I was like, they can pay me how much? Great, I need the money, let me do it. And it was it was through a like a, a kind of a Bollywood type vibe, right? Um, uh, so the producers and everything were, were were not from the U.S. And so you know, I went and did the job, you know, fine. And a lot of it was improvised. It was interesting that they let me improvise a lot of the lines. I remember thinking, this we weren't. I got a part, but it wasn't really in the script. So I was like, okay, I'll probably end up on the cutting room floor yeah. of one of those stores. So um, did the job, let it go, moved on. And then I got an email, I think it was about a year later, that they were doing a premiere of it. And I was in Las Vegas at the time working. And so I went to a theater in Vegas where it was playing. I get there and sure enough, there it is, kites. I'm like, oh my God. So I go in 
I'm all excited. I'm kind of remembering because it was over a year at that time. I'm like, oh, I remember this. I remember reading some of this in the script. And so I'm watching the film. And all of a sudden, my face comes up on the screen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, there I am. And I walk up. And, I'm, and I'm, I remember improvising the lines, wherever it was. And I opened my mouth to speak. And it was not my voice. <laughs> it was like, this is my voice right now. And I, and, and I remember hearing, hey, guys, how are you? It was like, it was like a nasally. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, can I ask you guys where you're going? It was, I was like, the whole thing was dubbed. And they had someone come in and dub everything I improvised. There was no script. And I thought, wow. Not even to a different language, just, just a not different, even different voice. Just not my voice. <laughs> English. I thought, wow, that was so that was one of the funniest things. That, that's funny. Um, what else? There's a there's a ton. I actually have a opposite, um, this isn't a funny one, this is a great one. A few years back, I think it was twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen, Andrew Dice Clay, the old the comedian, I shouldn't say old, the comedian from back <laughs> in the day, had a um, short lived show on Showtime. And I had a small bit part, um, went in and I remember the day we were filming, he started improvising during the scene. <laughs> and I had a moment where I thought, do I improvise back? So I did. The scene, it got extended. They kept all of it. So I went, it was like an opposite editing room for yes. story. So that was awesome. I love that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, they did keep it, which is great. I love hearing those stories because there were so many stories. I mean, everyone I know has a story of being edited out of something. We were talking about that before, too. Yeah. You said your friend's arm made it into yeah. the film yeah. and still gets paid. That's yeah. awesome. And um, I shot a bunch of like music videos where they always mm. completely change those in the edit where yeah. I'm just not in them at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's nice to hear it the other way around. Yeah. That you, you, cre- you basically created yourself. A bigger part. Yeah, yes, one of those you. awesome stories. Like, you know, it's like I feel like for every, you know, every got edited out story, there should yeah. be at least one great one where you're like, oh, I got added. <laughs> yeah. Which is awesome stuff. So. Very cool. Yeah. Any more Hollywood stories? Oh my God, yes. Okay, so, so I, I um, this is an, an audition one. So I, I'm sort of from that school of like, you know, where I was taught coming up. They ask you if you can do something, say yes mm-hmm. to get the job, right? <laughs> that was kind of the, 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 so I remember I went in for an audition and it was for parkour. Oh gosh. Right? Oh yeah. There you go. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty athletic, but I'm not a parkour guy. Like that's a whole other level. I have such respect for those who do that. But I thought, oh, I jump around and I play sports and I dance so I can, you know, I could probably figure it out. There was a ton of people at this audition, one of these like cattle calls. Um, and so I go in and they're like, there was, you walk in and there was a, like an obstacle course. And so they were asking you, you have to sign a waiver and they're asking, you know, do you do parkour? <laughs> so I'm, again, I'm from the school of when they're like, do you? Yes. <laughs> Can you? Absolutely. Uh, are you able to? Yep. Like I just jumped in. So I thought I'll fake it, figure it out. I got in that course and the very first thing I had to like bounce off of this wall and I jumped oh my God. and immediately felt it in my leg and I remember I was sort of hobbling my way through and one of the producers thank God was nice enough to pull me to the side and say uh, you don't know how to do parkour do you and I was like no they were like thank you so much for coming oh my goodness <laughs> and I limped out <laughs> my tail between my legs oh you know it's such a fine line because sometimes with those jobs they want you to be an expert but then in the actual on the actual shoot you never actually have to do yeah. anything it's like I've done stuff where you have to be a yoga expert but really I'm not by any standards, a yoga expert. Yeah. But um, for me, I learned never to say that I can do dance auditions because mm. I have humiliated myself twice <laughs> where I've gone to a dance audition 
and I'm like, yeah, I can dance and look yeah. like I'm having fun. Um, cannot do choreography at all, yeah. and when put on the spot, as it's my worst nightmare. So hey. I just said to my agent, do not anything with dancing. It's just a no now. Yeah. I learned my lesson. Yeah, no, that's no joke. And you're, I mean, obviously depending on the level of what it is, but even as a dancer, and when I was in college, I was auditioning for my freshman year in college. Um, I went to Boston Conservatory, so it was a musical theater program. Yeah. And they were doing a chorus line, you know, famous yeah. Broadway show. So, you know, everyone wants to do it. And I remember everyone, you know, seeing me. And for those who can't see me, I'm a six-foot-one black male. So it was like, <laughs> Richie, Richie's the role, the black guy in the show. And I knew that. So I'm like, I'm auditioning for Richie. But I was new to this level of expertise. I mean, you know, it's not even so much the choreography itself, the, the technical part of it. It's the speed at which they teach it, right? Oh my gosh! And yeah, right. Yeah, it's like it la- it's like a different language. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like saying I speak, whatever, um, yeah. and you don't. Um, but I remember going in. I was humbled. It was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it was my freshman year. Right. You know, and you have all these. You know, up to that point, I was in my hometown of Boston. I was pretty well known as a good performer, and oh, he got into the conservatory. And, but you know, you have people converging from all over the world to that are the best at you know, what they do from wherever yeah. they're from. So I remember going into the audition and thinking, oh, I got this, I got this. Not really <laughs> braggadocious, but a little bit full of myself. A little bit. <laughs> and they, they, the choreographer started teaching the choreography, and I remember, um, i never forget her name, Adrian Hawkins. She's still in Boston. She's phenomenal. Love her. She went through it one time fast. It's one, two, three, four, nine, two, six, seven, back, turn around. And I thought, oh, surely she's going to do it again. And she was like, here we go from the top. <laughs> I tell you, I wish someone filmed it because it was like a comedy show, Keystone wow. Cops. I'm running into people and going the wrong way and just froze. Yeah. Needless to say, I did not you get did the not role. You did not get the role. <laughs> yeah, which was good because I thought I have a lot more work to do. Yeah. So those things are fast, fast, fast. So fast, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think if I could do anything I would love to do musical theatre but I cannot yeah. sing or dance so it's kind of <laughs> it's a small problem small barrier to yeah, that. Yeah. but I love that you are um, from a musical theatre background yeah. you said you um, studied at the Boston Conservatory yeah. of Music yeah. and um, you've performed on Broadway mm-hmm. I just watched a clip this morning of you um, tap dancing in oh. After Midnight oh yeah oh my gosh I was like uh, I could just like that would be my dream to be able to dance like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's first of all that show is. I mean, I'm biased, I know, because I was in it, but it's just phenomenal. You know, it's Duke Ellington music, classic mm-hmm. jazz, um, you know, poetry. It's 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 really phenomenal and celebrates that era, which to me, that era, which to me, I think of like the '30s, jazz, Harlem '30s, that era. Um, I feel like if ever I were born at a different time, it would be that time. Yeah. Because I, you can't see me now. I have an, I have a fedora. Yeah, you like do. that's my style. <laughs> I rock it with suits. I rock it with t-shirts, like I have on now. But that's that. That I mean, I'm, I'm so inspired and influenced by that era. Um, and the music was all from that era, and the vibe and what you saw. It was really like an homage to the old tap dancers and performers and show people, show men and women, like the Nicholas Brothers and people like that. Uh, so I got a chance to do that show for a few years, and yeah. And it's interesting because tap wasn't my first dance form or the strongest form right. at all. In fact, I started that last. I had studied jazz. At what age? Of... Is there still hope for me? <laughs> oh, I think. I mean, I, you know, I feel like there's a certain... I started tapping. I was uh, 17. I was right. 17 when I started because I was going to be auditioning the following year for colleges. 
and musical theater, you had to do a, you had to bring in a, two songs, an up-tempo and a ballad, two monologues, a classic, you know, and um, and then you had the, the dance portion, which included tap. And a good friend of mine, God bless her, man, Sheba Rashada, she uh, was a dance major then. She said, oh, I'll show you some moves, you know. And I'd never tapped, and she started showing me some moves, and she was like, are you sure you never tapped? <laughs> now, I'm a, I'm a drummer, so I had the rhythm in my mind. I could hear it, but I took to it. Not everything come, came that easy, not that it came easy, but not everything was that um, in me. But I started that late, and that's so why I tell people all the time, you never know what's in you. Yeah. I was meant to do that, not before 17, obviously. But after 17, from that moment, I, I've never taken my tap shoes off and drove my neighbors crazy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you do so many different things. What is your favorite thing to do? I out? get asked that, yeah. I, I always say, um, I, I, I describe it as like, it would be like if if they if, if I look at them all, I was my kids and I pick on a favorite kid. Yeah. I can't. I mean, well, maybe maybe you can. I think maybe <laughs> some parents say, oh, I don't have a favorite. Yeah. And secretly they do. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I really am genuinely when I'm doing the thing I'm doing, I love it. Like You're when we met, in. I'm the host. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that that world of you know we, that was a teleprompter when I remember. Yeah. I love that world of making it look authentic and mm-hmm. and on and then I love the uh, I've done the hosting where it's improvised and party-like. Mm-hmm. I've done some stuff in Vegas. You know, you're doing theater or film, you're acting. It just depends on what I'm doing. Um, I've done some gigs where I'm doing what I do, and the gig itself and the people aren't necessarily fun to be around. So, But I don't really have a favorite. I really, I genuinely don't. I genuinely don't. I love that. You love yeah. them all equally. I do. And you're you're very big <laughs> on the improv scene here in yeah. L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am. Um, did you just kind of fall into that? How did that happen? That came out of training. You know, right. I've always um, I I started imp- improv was introduced to me through acting training initially. Um, you know, we do scenes or whatever, even if it's you know Shakespeare. And then I had coaches that would say, "Okay, you put the script out. You know the gist of the scene. If you're mm-hmm. doing you know whatever Othello or Romeo and Juliet, you know the idea. You're from two different." worlds and you see someone you're trying to find so it initially came out of that improvising to to find character and find the truth um and then you know i when i came to la actually new york first i took some classes there and was like oh this is interesting like there's a there's a performance aspect of it that's different because it was always used as just a training to get to performance but then you know i did second city and it was a rap. I was like, wait, what? You can perform this and actually go on stage and in front of an audience and people will actually pay to come see you make up a show? Ooh. So the idea of being, um, you know, I don't think you get any more in the moment than that other than real life. That's the closest thing yeah, to it. Yeah, I feel like, well, real life is kind of improv sure. the whole time. For sure. For sure. <laughs> because I do stand-up comedy and a lot of the stand-up comedians think that what they do is better than improv is kind of a... Thing on the scene but I actually think the opposite because yeah. I'm like I can I ha, I do improv in my sets as well but I at least have a general idea of what jokes I'm gonna tell but improv you're just on a stage with nothing yeah like that's way more scary to me yeah no I agree I mean and, and I mean when I say I agree I agree that it's scary you know I think it's relative you know stand up you know you write your jokes right yeah but then you know that's a whole other world too you're writing it and the delivery is important, and what 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 you think on paper works maybe doesn't, doesn't work, yeah. right? You, you know, um, that goes for improv too. But I think it's relative. I mean, you know, and there's certainly a, a lot of improv 
needed to do stand-up comedy too, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, you get a heckler, you got to know how to handle that. Something doesn't land, you got to make it work. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, but yes, I I definitely fell in love with it, and and it was really when I did Second City, and then I went down the rabbit hole of uh, all the different schools, and I mean, I did I, I did everything from the UCBs to the Second Cities to all that to the hole in the wall joints or the my friend's living room class. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't care. Yeah. If there's good people there and you can you can grow and learn and, and have fun. And I'll, I'll say this, during the uh, the lockdown in 2020, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I couldn't, you know, I, I danced and I sang. I worked on that stuff and at home because those are things I could do. Not too much dancing because I'm on the fourth floor. But <laughs> improvisation really, improv really became an incredibly therapeutic thing. You know, we connect, um, I have a whole a group of friends now online that I've met from all over the world and we would meet and you know because no what else we're going to do <laughs> and we would laugh and laughter is you know not to sound cliche but it is healing yeah and I learned that during that time so it really became an important part and it really informs every aspect of what I do mm-hmm. um, you know because again even mus- musically you can imp- improvise as a dancer you can improvise as a singer or scatting or going off off the book if you will um, and then jazz musicians made it famous back in those days, 30s, 40s, you know, improvising, pick a key and go. Nothing more that exhilarating than that. That my mind. I'm like, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that's, pretty awesome. That's something I definitely wouldn't be good at. <laughs> that isn't for me. Um, I, I just like to watch other people do that. Gotcha. But that's why I love being in LA because I feel like there's just so much talent around and that's one of the things that just inspires me so much and that's also the selfish reason that I started this podcast because I get to speak to people like you mm. and get all this information and inspiration. Yeah. Um, do you have advice for, I guess, performers here in LA or someone that's thinking of moving to LA to mm. start out? Um. I mean, I would say, I would definitely say, it's always an interesting thing with advice, right? Because one person's floors, another person's ceiling. You know, yeah. you don't know people's journey. Which, I would start with that. You know, your journey is your journey. I think the biggest, one something, many things were said to me, but one of the things that stands out was when I was going to move here, I was in Vegas first, I was on my way here, and um, an old uh, uh, college professor of mine said, remember, you're moving to Hollywood, but remember, Hollywood is a street. It's a boulevard, <laughs> right? Don't get caught up in the facade of it. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. That's, you know, so there's that, I would say, you know. And also that street isn't very nice. Like the Hollywood part. is like, you're like, mm, that part. Questionable. Yeah. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? Yeah. As Morris would say. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's a, you know, it's a men- it can be a mentality or it can be a street and mm-hmm. it's a street and like you say it's not even a very safe street necessarily. No. <laughs> shout out to Hollywood Boulevard Sorry. yeah um so uh, and the other thing I would say is um one of the best things I've I've learned thankfully at this point is you know after many 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 failed auditions and and struggles and you know that thing you walk away and you're questioning everything you did or didn't do or should have done and one of the biggest things is no one else is you that's the biggest part mm-hmm. that, that I would say is like you know, yeah, obviously, train, know your craft. Because when you get to a certain level in this in this industry, people expect you to be good. They expect you to know how mm-hmm. to act or sing or dance. The, the technical, yeah, of course, you open your mouth or you do the thing. They expect that. Now, what do you bring into the table? The intangible to me, oh, I'm the intangible. There's no other test. 
there's no other helmet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So bringing that into the room or bringing that, um, leading with that makes a huge difference. I've gotten more, you know, offers and jobs and things outside of an audition room. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, a lot of jobs that I've done have been through connections. People that I've met on jobs sure. then remember me and will refer me for something else sure. and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And Big people time. that I've worked with then have other projects. So, in fact, I would agree. I think I've got more jobs like that than I have through just straightforward auditions. Yeah, that's the relationship aspect of it that I didn't understand when I heard it earlier. I didn't get it because, you know, I mean, I know for me, I was a little, I was a little blocked with like I got to just do mm-hmm. the thing everyone does and another audition story if I could oh yes speaking of so I you know many many audition stories that are funny in retrospect not funny at the time <laughs> this was this was funny at the time to me even I went I went into an audition and this was one of those situations where those awkward moments where you're there with a bunch of you know other actors in the room and there's a glass window so you can actually see everyone auditioning oh god Right, oh. <laughs> I know. The next best thing is when you're in the same room, which yeah. I have that story too. <laughs> oh, but you can see everyone auditioning, and you can kind of hear, mm-hmm. which was weird because now you're like, oh. it, It's better not to see anyone else do it because it changes what you've prepared. It certainly yeah. could, right? So I'm watching, so I'm like, okay, this is weird. I'm just trying to stick to my thing. And I'm, you know, I had already come in with some choices and, you know, the stuff we mm-hmm. do. But of course, you start to second guess some of those, right? So I get in there, and I had seen, I think it was seven other people that went in and pretty much did the same thing. Like, it was one of those things I don't remember now, but it was one of those things where, you know, there was a definite way to interpret it. Yeah. A definite way it was written. It's like, okay. So I'm always interested in looking for other ways to interpret it. You know, and I have absolutely made choices just to be different. I'm not, I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> but that was one of those moments where I thought, I need to do something different. So I went in, I made a choice. It was a bold choice. It was different. <laughs> And the guy that was running the audition was one of these guys, you know, like I, I've been on that side of the table too, so I get it. You know, he had probably seen, I was probably, you know, actor number 400 that day, you know? Yeah. So he's seen a bunch. He's going through the motion, stand on the mark, hit the thing, play your name, turn to the side, do the lines, get out. That was his thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it, man. I get it. So he wasn't even the casting director. He was filming for the casting director, oh, okay. director right. and was going to send it to them. So he, he's like, just do the thing. So I go Yeah, in those guys, they don't really care. They're at n- all. No feedback, nothing. They just stand there. They're so bored. They've seen it 28 times already. He could care less than less. I was, and I, so inside, I had this anxiety, but also I want to laugh. Because yeah. I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, look at what we, look at our, our life, right? So I go in, I make the choice. It was like a couple lines. And I remember he, was, he, was, he wasn't even looking at me. He was looking at the, the video, the, the screen. And I did the thing, and he looked up and made this face of disgust oh, and he no. just said D- don't do that <laughs> he gave you direction that was his d- he hasn't he hasn't spoken for the whole day, the whole day. and i thought oh don't do that uh, okay. Oh, okay so i was like oh, oh okay and again i wanted to laugh which i know helped me so i was like okay so he does it again and i remember i made basically the same choice because <laughs> i it was that moment where i thought do i do what everyone else did or do i still stick to the guns yeah. and maybe to run the risk of him saying leave or whatever. Yeah. I made a, a tiny adjustment or something and I did it. And then he was like, oh, okay, cool. Like as if it were different. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's basically the same. Thing. <laughs> but he said, don't do that. And I thought, 
and you Welcome did it anyway. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, that was my direction. Don't do that with the look like. How dare you? I said, wow. But it, it was a big lesson in, um, you know, having it. I think the advantage was that I did get to see and kind of hear everyone else. And I thought, wow, the majority of them did the same thing. Did you book the job? I did book the job. You did? I booked the job. That's <gasps> the irony of this whole story. told you don't do that. That's the irony. Yes. And I literally walked out there thinking, didn't get that one. Yeah. There's no way I got that. There's no way. But the interesting thing, what I realized after was that the director and cast director didn't see the first or they didn't hear the don't do that, I'm assuming. Right. Or they just got the thing. And I thought, I wonder if I booked it just because it was different. Yeah, I think so. I also think you must have had such a level of confidence about you because I feel like if I went in and did something and somebody told me not to do it, that would just shut me down and then I'd probably do the same as what I'd seen other people do. So I think sure. that's an important lesson to kind of stick to your guns and what you've decided that yeah. you, you yeah. want to do. I've been on that side too, though. I like I I definitely have, have clamped up. And that was a moment where... I, easily could have gone the other way because mm-hmm. that's, that's 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 horrifying yeah that's horrifying i mean can you imagine oh, i don't have to imagine i lived it that's like <laughs> i mean I, auditions are terrifying anyway you're like i gotta remember all my lines i'm yeah. just standing here with this weird guy that doesn't even want to be here that's filming me and <laughs> there's so much going on it's so hard it's, it's such a different skill to actually acting oh that's yeah it's so different yeah yeah do you know the show blue man group by chance uh, yes, I do. Yeah. So I, I, um, I did the whole train. Like, how would you describe that for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what it is? Yeah. No. Well, that's the interesting thing about it because I, when I first saw it, it's an incredible show. It's three guys in blue, mm-hmm. all blue paint, and they're percussionists, right? That's how I initially saw the show because I'd seen it before I, I got to do it. And, um, so, but when you audition or when you do the show, the trick, like I had to go through. I think it was a three, if I remember, three and a half month boot camp training. Wow. And the majority of it, I would say, if I remember correctly, it was, I think, a month. I think four weeks of it was an actual drum training. It's very specific drumming. The, the, the other two months was all acting. Because all three of the guys are very specific personalities. In the show, they don't utter a single word. No words are spoken ever. It's all drumming and body language and emotion. And so when I auditioned for that show, I auditioned my first, I was in Vegas when I first auditioned, then they flew me to New York. When I finally got to the New York auditions, it was with the, I think it was the original director, because there were a couple. And it was such a, it was such a draining experience in, in a good way initially, but the final call, it was, they kept, I think it was four callbacks in there. And my final oh, callback, I hadn't eaten all morning, and oh. I was, you know, with all that stress. And I get into the final audition, and I'm going in, and the director, who was very no-nonsense, and I give credit where credit is due. But he was so no-nonsense, and he was like, he could tell if you were faking. Mm -hmm. It made me such a better actor doing that. Because he would call you out and say, I don't believe that because you don't believe that. You know? And I remember halfway through the final callback, I passed out. (laughs) I'm laughing now. But I remember hearing his voice, and it was almost like a movie, like... Like yeah, like it was like you, and it became this like, and I just saw his mouth moving and heard, and it was slow motion, and I just remember hearing a thud, and the thud was me hitting the ground. That um, that's a Hollywood reveal story. Yes. Passing out in yes. a, in a callback, not even an audition, a fourth callback. Yes, yes. I thought I better book this job. You know what yeah. I mean? 
So um, that was uh, that was definitely one of my Hollywood reveal stories. But I sometimes forget that that happened. But it changed everything because once again, moving forward, how I approached scripted work, how mm-hmm. I approached whatever, it became about the truth of it. And that's one of the things I do love about improv is that, you know, it can be viewed as this sort of silly thing, and it is. But if you really are, when you really are sort of on an elite level or working towards that or aspire for that, it's always rooted in the truth. Because even if you're playing a character that, hey, I live on Mars in zero gravity and I have, I eat, you know, remote controls for dinner. If you believe that (laughs) and you approach it as such, the audience will go with you on that insane, and I don't mean that in a negative way, insane journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's cool. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I always think acting is truth and specificity. Absolutely. And that's it, really. If you can nail those two things, you can be a good actor. You're way ahead of the game. Yeah. You know those. And way it's, ahead. it's hard to do those things when there's cameras and people and things and, and you got to remember your lines. And <laughs> that part. Yeah. I remember so. when we did the hosting thing, you know, it's like, the reality of like, you know, you, you remember how tiny the teleprompter was? The teleprompter was tiny. It was so tiny. I was like, uh, is it me or is there anyone else? No. What's happening here? You know. So now you're trying to read it and make it look real mm-hmm. and not squint. And <laughs> no. they did, They made us walk as well at yes. one point. Walking with a moving teleprompter that was tiny, yeah. That was, but you know, some of the best training. Yeah. Well, we did it. <laughs> we did it. I would it. high five you, but I don't want to yeah. mess with the microphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your career defining moment? Or moments. What's the? Mm. Or it doesn't even have to be like a, a huge job, but I guess like that story you just told. Is there anything else that you want to share with us that kind of really changed your direction or the way you think about things or yeah. what you wanted to do? So I think, um, and it's interesting. I just was telling someone this story the other day because there were a, a couple I met. Both of them are teachers, and I was saying um, when I was in seventh grade, my seventh grade teacher. Shout out to Betsy Dudley, seventh grade teacher. <laughs> Ooh, Betsy. Ooh, Betsy. But I. Um, I, she was one of those teachers that was just, you know, inc- we, the conversation I was having with this couple, I was saying, you know, I was talking about the business where an entertainment business where you have the, you can make a lot of money in this business. Mm-hmm. Doctors can make a lot, you know, people, they should, I think, <laughs> you know, right? I think doctors should make a lot yeah. of money and nurses, you know, you're healing people, like, come on. But there's some things that are backwards. I think teachers should make a lot of money. Yes, right? I agree. So we were having that conversation. I said, I don't get it. You know, I, it doesn't make sense. And then I said, you know, in seventh grade, my teacher, Miss Dudley, I still call her Miss Dudley, um, uh, that was a, a point in my life where, you know, I was influ- in being influenced by some of the kids. And, you know, I was going, oh, what is this theater stuff? And, you know, they were kind of teasing me about it. And I had that moment, never really doubted it, but you have a moment where you're a kid and you're thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't, I don't know. And Miss Dudley just said, you're good at this and you're passionate about it. You can, you can do this. And just very not, nonchalant, matter of fact. I think it was the child in me that just believed Miss Dudley because she was Miss Dudley. So yeah. she's like, if she says I can do it, I can do it. I love that. It's yeah. so great to have someone like that at those formative years. Absolutely. I feel like that's what I missed. <laughs> I never, I can't think yeah. of any teach. I, I have amazing acting teachers now that I'm so grateful for, but I can't think of anyone that I had when I was younger. And I feel mm. like, yeah, it's so important to, to have someone say those words to you. Everything. Yeah. Everything. She changed. I mean, she really... You know, there were a lot of people that obviously, you know, you, you can't do this without people and support. But she, but that was a moment for me where I, I was like, if, if ever there was any swaying or doubt or question or concern, it went away. I mean, I've had doubts since then, of course, but, yeah. but, it, but it was like, oh, I can do this. I really can. Yeah, I and love that. Fast forward to 
uh, years later, I was doing a show on a cruise ship in the middle of Greece. I'm on this incredible contract. It was a four-month contract I was doing. And um, I mean, the Greek guy was doing this like Broadway-style review on a cruise ship, right? And I go backstage, and it was about two months in, and the stage director come back, comes backstage and says, Tez, you have, a, you have a guest that was just in the audience. I'm like a guest? I'm in the middle of Greece. Who like, what? I had no idea. I walk out, and it's Miss Dudley. Miss Dudley. And she's like, you did it. Oh. I mean, this is like, it sounds like a Hollywood story, yeah. but it's the truth. You should make a movie about I this. I should write this. That's such a cute story. Write, you really should. I should. No, it's just, like, <laughs> Quick, ding, before I release this podcast. That's why someone, I did. Someone steals the idea. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, that was, a, that was, I would say that was definitely one. There's a lot of career defining moments, but that was, that was the one that I kind of started it. You know? yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, what are you working on right now? Um, a few things. I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing, I'm excited. I've been, since the world opened, I've been out in the world more now, um, which is great. But I'm going to do, um, I have a three-week workshop series coming up. Uh, there's a place called Queen City Comedy that I've worked with a lot during the lockdown. And I did a workshop for them last year around this time. And we're, we're collaborating again on the three-week uh, workshop. I call it the Holy, W-H, Holy <laughs> Trinity. Um, uh, it's an improv acting thing. And it's, I'm going to work on the, the first week will be mind, which is like imagination and all that. Uh, body is going to be more physical and um, object work and things like that. Specificity of that, mm-hmm. to your point, and soul, which is all about emotion. So we're gonna we're gonna these are, those are sort of if I, if I had to break down the three areas I focus on to be a fully fleshed out human being character on stage. Those will be the areas. So I'm, I'm excited about doing that coming up. Amazing! And if people want to find and follow and take a class with you and learn more about you, where where can they find you? Um, I am. They can go to at Tez Yancey on all, across all platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, easy to find me there. The Queen City, you can also go to queencity.com for those particular classes, but you can also contact me and I'll put you in, in contact with them. So Yeah, and I'm going to come to an improv class soon. Yes, yes. come through. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Thank through. you so much for being such an incredible guest. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Finally, Yay. we've been trying to coordinate this. <laughs> I know. I know. Hard to get hold of you. You're so busy, but I love it. I'll take it. Thank you for making time. My pleasure. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do give it a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at The Hollywood Reveal. I'll catch you in the next episode.